If life is a highway, then Anderson County is a maze of potholes and crumbling roads and shaky bridges. But a fix is in the works, plus some new buildings to announce, another election on the way, new businesses, and more on this week's Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. And it has been another great week in Anderson. Um, winter has been spring, so it continues to be warm. The latest news, though, that just happened yesterday is Anderson County Councilman Ray Graham's announcement that he's going to propose that council members merge their $1 million paving fund into a into the county's road system, uh, general road system fund. The paving fund has been divided among each councilman in a number of ways over the years. The formula has shifted. Sometimes it's been to the people with the most mileage of roads. Others have been the other things. But this is a great idea because for too many years, and I've been covering council uh, on and off really since almost home rule, um, that money has been used not only for things like parking lots in districts, but it's been diverted into other pet projects and in individual districts that are more political and not really used for paving many times. And with the shortfall we've got, it's a big deal. The county's currently able to only pave about 20 miles and repair about 20 miles of our aging roads every year. And you can see the evidence if you've ridden around town. Uh, that underfunding has gone on for way too long. And right now the county is looking at about a $5 million per year deficit when it comes to taking care of our aging roads and a new study done by the matrix group which was presented to council on uh, tuesday night said that council should consider a vehicle tax or other new taxes to make up the difference and that's you know if, if you've forgotten uh the cost is astronomical if we keep waiting and have to dig up roads and replace them that won't even touch it um graham said that uh, adding that discretionary fund into the general roads fund is just a start but the county's going to need to do something more in the way of raising taxes or revenue that's needed uh, through fees or whatever. He said he hates taxes and he'll have to pay for it himself. He and his family and kids have four cars, but that it's going to have to be done or or we're going to run into a problem we can't ever fix. And it's good to see a new councilman taking action on this program. He's on the finance committee and last fall, um, you know, council, if you remember, shot down the first attempt at a vehicle tax and Graham said it is time to take all the politics out of this and do what's best for the citizens of all of Anderson County. It's refreshing to hear that, and he's right. It's good to hear a councilman talking about the best interests of the entire county and not just his district. Uh, I think he realizes by taking care of the whole county, he is taking care of his district. So we appreciate Ray Graham doing that. He's also telling folks something that I think is long overdue, that he doesn't want to hear any more complaining unless people have a solution in mind. Um, he's inviting citizens to bring their best ideas to council, and he promises action, and he says we got a lot of smart people here, and he's right, and he said we ought to be able to come up with something. Anderson County Administrator Rusty Burns thinks the proposal is a great idea, and he's also working on a number of other county projects, including some on economic development, uh, some update on roads and bridges, uh, the building behind the thing, and we sat down this week and, and talked about what's going on here in Anderson County. Well, absolutely, and uh, just so happens that uh, Mr. Crowder is sitting here with us today because we've asked Mr. Crowder to come in and help us with some uh, computer-type things, so he's volunteering his time because we told him we weren't going to let him go and we're living up to that deal. But Mr. Crowder was able to arrange that financing because, in essence, somebody else was trying to steal that money from Anderson County. And I don't mean literally steal it and run away, but they were trying to put it somewhere else. Remind everybody why we were going to do something about that bridge anyway. Because the big problem with that bridge is it literally restricts economic development in that part of the world because the bridge is too low. And so Mr. Crowder has that and it is now scheduled on SCDOT's list 
to raise that bridge. Now, those other bridges, because there's more than one bridge, those are still problems, but now DOT is working on them, and they're finally hearing our plea that you are literally cutting off that part of the county from economic development, because if you can't get a truck down there, you're not going down there. Neat, clean, and simple. That's where that is. I wonder how long it'll take to get the bridges high enough. We have asked Kevin McLaughlin, who was the SCDOT engineer for Anderson County, and a really good guy, to come at the next council meeting to give us an update on all of those items. Okay. Uh, the second thing is, last week at council they mentioned both of these, but I kind of wanted to get an update. Mm -hmm. The industrial park, people are lining up trying to get in down there? Is that well, we're hoping they're lining up hoping to get down there. As you know, we put out requests for proposals uh, from interested private companies, and we received the uh, number one is Rooker. It's a group out of Atlanta, and all they do is spec buildings. That's what they do for a living, and so... We're going to be beginning negotiations with them, which is really good because they're really good because not only do they know how to build buildings, they have a whole list of buildings that they've built all across the southeast, but they also provide another marketing arm because they want to sell those buildings just as bad as we do. Now, the county, as you know, owns the land. We will uh, suborn the land to that company. So when they put the building on it, when they sell the building, they will get the money for the building, we'll get the money for the land, and we'll just keep rocking and rolling. And and that is the that's the intent of that. We talk about it so much. Just give me like the 30 second explanation. People don't understand what that means that somebody else is building a building in there. But what it means is we're going to allow them to use the land, okay? Under a contractual agreement. And they're going to build the building so the county doesn't have to put county money in it. So they're taking a risk by doing that. And our deal is when the building sells, naturally the land underneath has to go with it. We get our money back, and they make a profit, and we all move on by putting a company in there that uh, brings in new jobs and investment. And the last thing is a little more fun, I guess, for is the old Bales building and Woolworth building, the fence is still there, but nobody's done any artwork yet. Well, hopefully we will have that resolved at this coming council meeting. I was requested by uh, council chairman to get a proposal. I've got one from the Anderson Area Art Center that will involve all students from all across Anderson County to place art and ideas and thoughts on that fence over there. So we're hoping that we'll get approval on that on Tuesday night and we can move out smartly on that. Uh, almost immediately following that, we will be putting out a request for proposal to see if there's any interest from the private sector to partner with us. We've also had some local people who've expressed an interest in possibly occupying part of that facility. So that's moving along. Of course, we want all these things to move along a whole lot faster. Ask, but do you have a goal when you'd really like to have at least a plan or just, it just depends on the I, money? I, I'd love to have a lot of this stuff just wrapped up here in the next four to five months. Oh, the art thing, they already do downtown chalk art and all those things. Those people already have stuff to... Yep. We'll work on that. But uh, this uh, way, see, that building is the centerpiece of the county, okay? So we want the whole county to have a buy-in on that building. It's not something just for the city of Anderson, but it's for Williamston, it's for Pelzer, it's for Iva. It's everybody's building, so everybody should get to have an idea, a say, and a part in it. And we still want an observation deck on top. Well, I do, but I don't know whether the council's going to go along with that, but I'd love to have an and observation. I'd like to have a cafe on the bottom floor. <laughs> and Mr. Crowder wants a cafe so on the bottom got, floor. And then finally, the, and just in case I don't get to record you, I know I'll see you between now and then, yep. huge Bassmaster coming in again. Well, see, 
Bassmaster is coming in again, which is huge, which is remarkably huge, which has a huge economic in impact in Anderson County. People don't understand those guys will be coming here way weekend after weekend after weekend to practice on Lake Hartwell. And the other thing on this is they, you know, they go over to Greenville. Greenville pays the bulk of the money for this event. We pay. So they do that, they get happy, we get real happy over here because we have all the fishermen here, they come in multiple times, and because of this we're getting another Bassmasters event too, a big Bassmasters event, so we've got that coming, plus we're becoming the mecca of high school fishing, which you might have seen an article in the Anderson Independent about how big that is, still 253 boats from that last tournament and it's only going to get bigger. And we've had tournaments out there about every weekend. My goodness, last week you couldn't go out to Eaton Anderson because of the wrestling tournament. And then in two weeks we have the ROTC drill teams coming in from all over the southeast. So there's a lot of stuff going on in Anderson County. And, and my, my, thank God for you asking about it because we try to put it out on our television station and everywhere we can. And still we have people, people who don't people know. People miss. My favorite quote from the last Bassmasters was they had been here a long time ago and – but now they were in Anderson, and he realized when they got here, they had everything they needed right here in Anderson. They didn't need to drive back and forth to Greenville. Now, that's and, as good a quote as we could have hoped for, and I'm yeah. sure Greenville went through. <laughs> no, but I mean, I mean that's the way it is. And after we pulled off that Bassmaster in freezing conditions, look, they know we can do anything, and we take care of them, and we do it. And for this, we get Bassmasters, plus we get another event, plus all the other uh, pro fishing people say, hey, they're going there. We know we're going to get some more FLW events. I mean, we got that. All of this is coming on. Military, and the big military one's coming up. The, the, the military bass classic is coming on. The stripers, uh, the striped bass tournament that was here that we stole from Lake Murray, they're coming back next year. And that's a that's a big dead gum thing because those people like to fish when it's freezing. I've given up fishing when it's freezing. Listen, that last. Bassmasters was the only time in my life I had a camera. People talk about a camera freezing. My camera froze with ice froze. It, it actually was on the boat, and it actually got ice inside the camera and froze up. Ooh. That's how. That's a cold boat ride right there. Because it's 8 degrees, so it's going to be cold when it's yes. 8 degrees. And coming up, uh, not too far away while they're, they're already in production, Wexler, uh, the first uh, land that the county bought, Mr. Crowder remembers that, he championed that when we bought that land for Wexler. We built it to put a spec building on it, and as you well know, Wexler bought it before we even built the building. And coming up in, uh, I think, about a month, they're going to have a big grand opening and celebration and thank everybody in Anderson County for their hospitality and their hard work. So. And TTI is still cooking right along? Uh, the TTI, what we announced is only the tip. If you think that's all of it, we are always constrained about what they will let us say. It's going to be a mega, mega, mega thing. Pierce Town is going to be the technology capital of Anderson County. It just is. Uh, and I guess the other thing is Coca-Cola up and running yet? Coca-Cola's wide open. Coca-Cola. But they got everybody hiring. Coca-Cola. No, no. Coca-Cola will be coming back to council because they need more room and they are hiring more people. Okay. So that's been a big success that's good story. Kind of wide open. Yep. And we've got some that the companies, you know, we're still negotiating with them when they want to release their expansion so we got that going on so anderson county is wide open we got this stuff going on we got the brownfields work going on over in pelzer we're happy about that we're helping the town of honey path we got a call yesterday from the town of iva to assist them we've been of assistance to the town of pendleton on brownfields uh just everybody in anderson county 
is hard at it and getting on it. And you're having to bring back our other council members. Well, Mr. Crowder's uh, having to be brought back Mr. in. Crowder, oh, Mr. Crowder, no. Mr. Crowder's, Mr. Crowder's the elder statesman, so he has to come back in and help us. And now he's on the, uh, back on the board at Anderson University. Yeah, and there that bridge has been a, a contention for a long time, so now it's shut down and there's detours around it and stuff. But I'm glad. Like I said, we already had a plan in place, and it looks like the uh, SEDOT is actually taking action, and there'll be some other action here. That'll really help that area open up to some things. That bridge has been too low. A lot of trucks have hit it, have hit it for many uh, have hit it many times over the years. A lot of other news going on this week. Um, the Progressive Women of Anderson sponsoring South Carolina Senate District Three candidate forum, and that's coming up all eight. Candidates are scheduled to speak at this uh, forum, and they're all looking to fill the seat that was vacated by Kevin Bryant when he stepped into Lieutenant Governor's office. And um, they'll all be on hand. We wish, by the way, we wish Kevin Bryant the best as Lieutenant Governor. The forum is to be held at 6 p.m. at the Anderson County Library. It's free and open to the public. And the election is scheduled April 11th. I hope everybody puts that on their calendar because uh, all these Republicans who filed. Uh, are going to be facing low voter turnout, I'm afraid. Those who have filed are people with some experience, people with no experience. And we've got James Allen, Corey Bott, Dan Bowen, Carol Burdett, Richard Cash, James Galian, Brad Johnson, and John Tucker. We'll talk some more about each one of these later. You recognize some of their names. A runoff is inevitable, and low voter turnout will just make that more apparent uh, how, how poorly. Special elections are notorious for not being able to get voters out, so I hope everybody will get out and do that. If there is a, a runoff, which there almost certainly will be, it'll be two weeks after the April 11th, and then two weeks after that will be the general election for the South Carolina Senate seat. If anybody ever wanted to be a senator, this is the fastest track they could have ever chosen without spending too much money in a very short campaign. But boy, I thought the campaign season was over. But here we go. We're still voting for things, but it's a good thing. And I hope everybody does get out and take part in this. And also, since we're sort of settled into a third into uh, the year 2017, we have a number of elected officials in our county who are already making the county a better place. Uh, Over the past few weeks, you've Heard me interview Chad McBride, our new sheriff, new county council members, Ray Graham and Craig Wooten. And this week I sat down with 10th uh, Circuit Solicitor David Wagner to talk about his goals for the office. David, tell me a little bit about uh, why you wanted to be solicitor. Hey, Greg. Basically, you know, when I got to law school uh, 25 years ago, what I what I wanted to do was be a prosecutor. And uh, George Duckworth hired me here back in uh, 1991. I've uh, been prosecuting pretty much for this circuit ever since. 24 years out of the last 25, I've been around this circuit, either Anderson or Oconee County. And uh, it's, you know, it's a job I love. It's a job that I, you know, have enjoyed doing. And, uh, you know, something about being a prosecutor and basically wearing a white hat and get to go home at night, you know, knowing that we helped um, a victim or put somebody away that had committed a horrible crime. Um, you know, you're on, you get to be on the good side of things, and there's something to be said for that, be able to go home at night and sleep. Um, anyway, but I've been fortunate enough to be able to do it my entire career, and uh, this past year when uh, the solicitor, for health reasons, had to step down or was going to be stepping down, um, I chose to run. I just didn't feel like there's anybody else out there that I trusted to do the job. And uh, so I ran, threw my hat in the ring, and hadn't planned on doing that, but um, things worked out well, and uh, I'll start, uh, I think my, t- my term starts on the 11th here, week from tomorrow. What are some of the big challenges facing the solicitor's office? Now that you're a solicitor and not an assistant, what, what are some of the big things you see facing you coming in the year 2017? It's always, you know, the predominant challenge we face is uh, 
working through the, the, the numbers of cases, and the numbers of cases statewide, you know, probably countrywide too, but uh, in this circuit, we get a lot of cases. We get uh, probably in the neighborhood of 4,000 a year in Anderson County and 2,000 in Oconee, and uh, you know, those cases are coming in every day. People are getting arrested every day. Charges are being made every day. And uh, they've got to go through the court system. So handling those cases, putting the right priority on those cases, um, and you know, it's, you, it's a numbers game. You're looking at, you know, you can't try them all, um, but you want to make sure that you take the the most, the, the worst of the worst. You want to make sure that you get the, the those kinds of people, the repeat criminals, that sort of thing and spend as much of your time, I think, going after those is basically my theory on things, and I've done that my whole career, it's, it, and it works. So you're not going to get them all. And I've told people numerous times, I mean, being a prosecutor is like being a, facing down an angry mob with a six-gun. You've only got so many shots uh, to take. You can't try them all, um, but you need to make sure that the ones that you do, that you, you know, you hit what you're aiming at and you, you know, you... Uh, handle those cases appropriately. Um, so probably numbers-wise, getting the cases through the docket, making sure you're using the court time that you do have appropriately, and uh, getting as many cases done. And it's a constant battle. It's, you know, we, a lot of what we do as prosecutors, we're basically a facilitator to move cases through the system to a final outcome, you know, once they arrive here in the office. And uh, obviously, only a smaller percentage go to trial statewide. It's 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 the same, and the, every solicitor in this state has the same type battles um, that they face every day. And it's usually numbers, court system, dockets, and uh, trying to make the best use of the best resources and of the resources that you're given, and and do the best you can with them. You mentioned repeat offenders uh, and crime. What what are the biggest crime problems in Anderson County that, that you'll face as a solicitor? Uh, property crimes is a big one. You know, you got a lot of cars getting broken into, and we were number we I, mean, I forget what it was number ten or something. We were we were in a top ten or somewhere way up in burglaries here in Anderson County last year. Um, so burglary is obviously a problem. Most of these type crimes are driven by drugs and people trying to steal to support their habits and that sort of thing. Uh, you've got uh, methamphetamines probably, I think probably our biggest issue, and I think it's that way a lot statewide and countrywide too. Uh, people get hooked on methamphetamine and they're, it's not like a lot of drugs that you've seen in the past. People stay up days on end, and you know if, if they're up and they're high on methamphetamine, a lot of them are out there stealing, and they don't go to bed. They're still out there stealing at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, and so, property crimes is a big one um, to me. Uh, drugs are the direct, you know, it's the direct result. The property crimes of of, of the drugs. So you, the drug problem is huge too. Um, we've also seen we've got a lot of gang shootings and stuff, especially in Anderson, last few years. So those have picked up a good bit too, and I believe a lot of those probably are drug related. Um, but we've got no shortage of crime, uh, and so we we're busy. We've got a work cut out for us. So we're we're at it every day and hard at it. And uh, uh, you know our ultimate goal is to get the worst offenders and try to get them off the streets and uh, make our community safer. I mean that's that's our ultimate goal is to make our families safer. 
have you identified some people that are repeat offenders in those areas you're talking about, in property crimes and drugs and burglaries and stuff? Do y'all kind of know that there are a few people who commit a lot of those crimes? Yeah, I and mean, you know, most of the ones we know them by name. Um, you could probably list them all. There, you know, you could probably. 50 or 100 guys around or people in this county um, that if you could somehow get them to move out or something, I imagine our crime would drop significantly. And uh, a lot of law enforcement's um, burden is if those people are, you know, if the people are out and they're doing those crimes, is, is catching them and catching them in the manner that uh, gives us enough evidence to actually take them to court and convict them. Uh, that's easier said than done. And uh, Lots of times uh, you kind of hear the people, you know, talking about the revolving door and people getting back out. And there's lots of times where, say, somebody gets caught breaking into a vehicle. The max sentence on them is only five years. So it doesn't matter if the guy's got um, several priors of doing the same thing. The most he's looking at would be either five years for breaking into a motor vehicle or possibly ten years for an enhanced property crime. Um, which which you can do in certain cases. Um, the end result of it is they may be out in two or three years, you know, and, you know, people's memories are, you know, you, you think about, well, that guy just got arrested recently, and you look back, start looking at the numbers. Well, it was pretty recent. It was two years ago. He's already done the max we could get him on, and he's back out doing it again. So you do have a revolving door. Lots of times that revolving door is not necessarily related to the court system or law enforcement. It's just the, the way the system is, and that's the most time that we can get them, and they'll serve that time and back out doing it again. A lot of them just don't care. If you could catch those 50 guys or whatever that are doing most of this, how much would that cut down on our property crime? Thing? I don't think it probably could cut it down quite a bit. Now, you're always going to have it. There's always going to be more to take their place. Um, but, you know, I found from doing this for 25 years now, Lots of time, if there's a burglar out there that's high on methamphetamine, and he is, you know, the certain burglars that are that are good at it, um, they're not going to do just one or two burglars. They may do twenty. So, if you can get a guy like that off the streets early, um, early enough, you may prevent, you know, ten, fifteen people from having their home broken into just by being able to get him out of the out of the circulation and down the road. Uh, so that's what we, we we try to target those types of people in our cases. Now you don't always you may get a case on them and it may not be provable. Um, sometimes that case may sit there till it gets in trouble again. Um, but those are a priority and always will be. And uh, that's what we're looking forward. You know, trying to identify those people and hopefully with new sheriff um, and and his guys. You know, a new. A new start there that we can help work together, help identify those people, help them make better cases, the and in turn help us prosecute them better. Uh, have you met with the new sheriff and you guys discussed sort of strategies how to work together or any of those kind of things? Yeah, we have, and we've we've got a lot more meetings to do. You've already known each other from the past too, though, right? Yeah, we we have, and um, you know I'm excited to be working with him. Um, I, I think he's. Uh, got a really good head, good head on his shoulders and I think he's down to earth and, and he and I have had a lot of good discussions we'll have a lot more and there's a lot more things and you know there's a lot of things that we still need to discuss that we've not actually had time to do it because he's had his transition stuff going I've actually still been working uh, full-time in Oconee trying to make trying to get our my personal 
uh, cases up there, as many of those ready to go to hand over, um, as well as trying to get things going down here. Um, so we're, we're still, we have met, we're still meeting. Um, I still want to go out there and talk to a lot of his guys too. A lot of those fellas um, that are out there, a lot of the uh, detectives and things like that, I've never met. I mean, some of them, I've been in Oconee for the last 12 years. So the Oconee people I know well, a lot of the Anderson people, I'm still meeting them. Uh, but we're looking forward to working with them. What does the caseload look like in the year ahead? I mean, do you, do you guys have enough staff and folks to handle the caseload? We do. We do what we can with what we got. Um, I'm trying to find ways to put more people in the courtroom. Uh, we got a little extra funding from the state this year, so we'll actually be handling more cases. We'll be getting a lot of the domestic violences from around the county that will actually end up being probably coming up here to general sessions, at least initially, uh, that we weren't handling before for jurisdictional reasons. Um, so we'll be doing more of those kinds of cases too, but hopefully we can get a few more people um, in there. Uh, I know the um, th that's always the goal, and uh, the reason that's important is that you can get overloaded as a as a prosecutor. You can get overloaded real quick, uh, and if you've got several hundred cases on your docket and you've got more coming in every day, it's a constant battle to, like I say, identify the the, the worst offenders. Um, you got to check, you know, their records, that sort of thing. Take a look at your evidence, and we're always trying to get uh, reports in from whatever agency made the case, and to get a look at their evidence. We've got to turn that over to the defense um, with discovery, and so we're always a lot of our time is work, working on paperwork, trying to get that stuff turned over, and work out a resolution of the case if we can. For people who might be watching this but don't really understand, can you kind of? Bring it, the jelly down from the top shelf and tell people what the solicitor's office does. I should have asked you that earlier. I guess. Yeah. Well, we are what most people would think of if you watch TV, the district attorney. Um, my job is essentially to be the district attorney of this circuit, which is Anderson and Oconee counties, the 10th circuit. Uh, South Carolina is set up with 16 circuits statewide. Some circuits have three or four counties. Some have two. Uh, ours just happens to be Anderson and Oconee County. Um, and we are the, I'm the chief prosecutor for those two circuits. We handle everything, all the criminal prosecutions of the, all the cases in general sessions in the two counties, but a lot of them magistrate's court too and, and summary court. We also have programs like pretrial intervention and drug court, things like that, that we run through our office, which are geared more towards first time offenders and uh, rehabilitating people, uh, the drug court has been, um, I think, a pretty good thing here and also statewide it's been a good thing. We're getting it going in Oconee just recently. It just started. Explain um, what that drug court is. Drug court is where somebody gets uh, criminal charges. Don't necessarily have to be drug charges. They could be property crime type charges. The whole, the whole point of drug court is if, if a person is a drug addict and they're committing crimes due to their drug addiction. Um, we put them in drug court. If, if, they, if they qualify for drug court, they're not violent people. Um, there's certain standards that have to be met for them to go enroll in drug court. But basically, they go ahead and plead guilty to the charges. They go in front of a circuit court judge. Judge takes their plea uh, and withholds sentencing until a later date, if at all. And uh, the ultimate goal is, um, that they hopefully graduate 
from drug court, which we've had about a 50% success ratio, and I think that's about what it is statewide. Which is pretty high for drug court. It is. And, and that, there's and, uh, been some pretty good stories come out of that. There have been some real good stories come out, real good successes, too. And for every one of those people that we can take off the streets and off the addiction and turn them back into a decent productive member of society is one less we've got to fool with again on down the road prosecuting and spending our time on that. So and it it's, breaks it's, the cycle in families too. It does. And some of the people, you look at some of the people that have been helped with drug court that are off drugs and now, and, and it, it takes 18 months to two years of intensive, uh, a lot of people don't like doing it because it is not easy, it's very tough. A lot of people, you know, 50% of them don't really make it through. And if they flunk out of drug court, they go back in front of a circuit court judge and they're going ahead and sentence there. Most of the time that means prison at that point. Um, Are there any other things uh, in terms of innovation like that that you'd like to try here in the years ahead? Or We're always looking at anything we can do. I know there, there's been talking starting back up mental health court. I mean, apparently we, we had it here in Anderson sometime recently in the past, and I'm not exactly sure why we don't have it at this very moment. Um, we never had it, never had the manpower to do it in Oconee. Um, but there are a lot of people out there that need help um, with mental illnesses, and they may not quite fall in the realm of, you know, general sessions, court, but sometimes they get in trouble. Um, so we're looking at that. Um, there's always talk about trying to help veterans as far as a veterans court goes, and uh, that's always a possibility too, and maybe we could combine the two. Um, but you got to have manpower to do that, and you got to have funding sources. And uh, that's something that I'm interested in looking at, and that we will. We are going to look into those things. Anything we can do like that that can help people and take them basically out of the court system, you know, as long as they're not the repeat offender, violent type people that are never going to change. If these are people that we can help, uh, everyone that we help is one less we got to fool with later on as far as court goes and using resources there. Um, so we're, we're, we're open, you know, pretty much looking at any of that. If somebody wants to find out more about the solicitor's office, where's the best place for them to go to look to find out more about what y'all do here and how to get in touch with y'all and everything? Well, we've got a website. It's in the process of updating it and all because um, I'll be taking over next week. Um, and we got some stuff on there, too. Um, um, you know, like I say, basically, it's just like the district attorney you'd see on TV and their staff, and you know, we're There's contact information. Yeah, you questions for you. I mean, I think our main goal as a solicitor's office is general sessions court and making sure that the crimes that are committed in this county, the ones that we can prove and get to court, are handled appropriately. That's our number one, number one goal, and and that's t taking and getting the people that are committing the crimes in as many many chances, I mean, many circumstances as we can, taking them and taking them out of our communities for um, the appropriate amount of time, whatever the crime may be. Okay, now, uh, for people who haven't met you, tell us a little bit about, are you from this area, uh, your family from here? Or? Grew up in Greenville, and uh, I went to, uh, to high school, went to Eastside High School over in Greenville. Um, I played football and went to college up at Western Carolina University, about an hour and a half north of here in Cullowee. And I uh, graduated there in the mid-80s, and uh, we ended up going to law school, started law school in 1988. Graduated from there in 1991 and started working here for George Duckworth, um, August of 1991. And I've been here 
in this circuit, but depending on which county, 24 out of the 25 years. I did spend a year over in Greenville at the solicitor's office there. And uh, so, yeah, I'm local. And uh, my mom still lives in, dad passed away a few years you know, back, but my mom still lives in Greenville. She's remarried, got a brother that lives in Pickens, and a sister lives in Greenville. So. How about your family? Tell me a little bit about your family. I'm happily married and uh, have four children. What's your name? What's your wife's name? Melanie. And uh, she's probably my biggest supporter. Uh, so my they kids. Like the idea of you being solicitor. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, they they, they were a lot. They were a lot of help campaigning. Um, my oldest uh, two girls, they're twins. They just graduated from T.L. Hannah this past year, and they're currently going to Tri County Tech, and I think probably going to end up transferring to uh, either the College of Charleston or uh, South Carolina. That's where they're two of the schools they're looking at right now. Um, got another middle daughter who's at T.L. Hannah currently, and my son, we, we still homeschool him, but he's probably going to be starting, he'll probably start public school here pretty soon. We, we homeschooled all my kids for quite some time, and uh, we just chose to do that, and they've, uh, that was fun while it lasted, and they just got to the point where they wanted to go to high school and, and do high school sports and things like that, and so they've, they've been there ever since, really, but. Well, and all that huge amount of free time you have from your job <laughs> what are some of your hobbies what are some some things you do to unwind and relax uh i spend as much time with them as i can um i like to deer hunt um i like to predator hunt you know coyotes and that sort of thing turkey hunt um yeah, i'll go fishing every now and then I like to go to the football games watch ball game too so I mean, as hobby-wise, that's probably me. We're, Are you a you know, good hunter? Are you a good hunter? I, yeah, I haven't been too good lately. I, it's been I, this year's been a this year's been a rough year, so uh, hadn't seen too much, but I hadn't been much either. So, and David Wagner has been in office now for about two and a half months and making a lot of changes, and we wish him well. Hope things go well there with the solicitor's office. Uh, you know, spring is almost here. We've had another warm winter, and people are, you know, there's a threat of snow this weekend. We've had a lot of recent storms, but people also tend to forget Anderson County remains in a severe drought state. There's a statewide uh, ban on burning today, and uh, the rest of the state's still in moderate drought, so need to be careful out there. Downtown, however, though, is still continuing good. Um, good they're on a good track. New Blackley Convention Center's open. They're already taking in business, and it's doing really well. Some new restaurants opening, some new businesses opening, and the businesses that have been there a while are having really strong, good, good things to report, including our very own Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill. As always, the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust, is made possible in part by the Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill and Sullivan's Caters. That's Anderson's finest food dining establishment for special occasions, dinner, lunch, and more, and catering for any occasion. Sullivan's, of course, has always has been listed as one of the top 100 restaurants in the United States, which is one of only two in South Carolina to grab that honor. And they've been featured in Southern Living so many times in culinary magazines. They were on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. Bill Nicholson and his wife, Sabre, took a chance when they came to Anderson, opened Sullivan's in downtown when nothing was downtown almost 20 years ago. And we owe them a huge debt of thanks since their risk paid off and kicked off the renaissance of downtown Anderson. They also offer catering at rates more competitive than you would believe. Call around some of the little small semi-professional shops that are offering catering and then call Sullivan's and compare the prices. You get professional prices at prices lower than many of the little small mom-and-pop shops. 
and people show up in their chef's outfits. It's very, if you've ever seen a wedding done by Solomons, you know what I'm talking about. And if you've ever seen one that was not done by professionals, you also know what I'm talking about. Visit the Facebook page, Sullivan'sMetroGrill.com, for more information about the restaurant. And for that same great food at your wedding, family reunion party, or corporate event, check out Sullivan's Caters. There's a Facebook page, and Sullivan'sCaters.com has the menu and has other things about uh, Sullivan's. And remember, nobody's giving back more to this community. They're always first in line to help our charities, which is a good thing to remember because spring is here and our charities do need our help. Um, the large majority of them, this is a sort of a slow time of year for, for charities, so if you're looking for something to do, um, remember Meals on Wheels needs volunteers and drivers and their connection, uh, their connector race, big annual race, is March 25th, run on the East West Parkway. So you can register for that event at their Facebook page now. That's Meals on Wheels and Anderson. AIM also, AIM also needs your donations and help this time of year, so um, people tend not to give as much in the spring for some reason, and they, they could certainly use your help, so check out AIM. You can also volunteer. Almost all of our local charities could use volunteers or donations, so do, do be generous right now because this is, this is a good time of year and you want to get out and do something for somebody else. Um, it's hard to believe that we're not far away from the Anderson County Farmer's Market opening. The Anderson Farm Food Association is having their annual meeting Sunday night. Uh, potluck dinner and annual meeting. That's my kind of annual meeting. Um, they also have had a winter, uh, small winter farmer's market indoors that they've done. So everybody's looking forward to that. Employers, if you're looking for a job, employers are all over the county. You're looking hard for workers. Uh, very few people are unemployed. And everywhere I go, I see help wanted signs. You've probably seen them too. Some of them even list the jobs they have. I know cross-country home services is expanding again in Anderson, adding another 100 jobs. Check out their Facebook page for details and times for their uh, hiring events. They've got several coming up. And county councils now at work on a budget for next year, which includes trying to find ways to continue our economic development, uh, trends that keep going upward, um, the industrial park, and some other things we mentioned when I talked to uh, Administrator Rusty Burns. Let's hope a countywide hospitality tax gets some love in this planning and in this budget and also a vehicle tax because, as Ray Graham mentioned, we've got to find some way to get our roads fixed. We do have a good council now. I've been covering council a long time, and this is a good one. They, they really do want to work together for the best what's best for the entire county, and that's, that's been rare over the years to find everybody wanting to work together. Next week, I'm going to have an update from another thing that came up at council, the, uh, the Kinder Morgan gas bill follow-up which dumped um, the, the, the dump, the kindergarten Morton gas bill, if you remember, dumped more than half a million gallons of gas into our soil after a pipeline broke in 2014. And there's some evidence now to suggest that pipeline had been leaking a long time before. And so now DHEC, the county, and the company have taken soil samples, and the results will be available supposedly Monday, but next week for sure. And next week we'll have an update that here on the Anderson Reserver Podcast, News from People You Trust. Spring's also a time a lot of people start thinking about pets, and if you're thinking about getting a pet and haven't been to the Anderson County Animal Shelter, paws, pets are worth saving. You need to go by sometime. A lot of changes have been made out there. Really looks nice. It's clean. It's uh, really a well-run, nice place. Cats, I think, are free right now. And next week on the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust, I'll talk to their new full-time veterinarian and interim director, Dr. Kim Sanders, who has enough animals at her house to start her own extension shelter, so you, you don't want to miss that. And until then... Don't forget to get out and volunteer. If you want to sign up for one more thing, it's April 1st. We'll be talking more about it, and we'll talk to Julia Woodson, who's been spearheading this effort for over a year now to redo KidVenture at the Anderson County Civic Center, the playground for kids. KidVenture 2.0 is having a work day April 1st. If you haven't been out there and seen the new equipment, you need to get out there and check that out, and also you can sign up for the work day. You can look up the KidVenture 2.0 on Facebook to get more information. So be generous and get out in the community so... 
That's it for this week's Anderson Reserver Podcast, news from people you trust. Join me here again next week for my guest. And until then, do get out and do something to make Anderson a better place. On the road again. Just can't wait to get on the road again. The life I love is making music with my friends. And I can't wait to get on the road again.